Well, good afternoon, church family. Uh, it is Wednesday, June 23rd of 2021, and this is our final summation of Psalm 119, because I wanted to finish out as we began, uh, as we took a look at uh, back in our introduction, which was on June 17th of 2020. It's hard to believe it's been a full year. Uh, we have seen a lot happen, uh, not only in our, our country, uh, but also uh, in our own lives personally. And if you remember back to the very beginning, um, that June 17th devotional, I introduced to you uh, how important Psalm 119 is, that it has a special structure. Uh, we, we have what we call an alphabet acrostic. And you remember, we just finished out last week the 22nd section. Uh, and each of those sections had eight verses. And as we considered Psalm 119 as a whole, uh, we said that it, it speaks to the glory of God's word. Uh, and uh, you remember that I told you that in Psalm 119, um, almost every verse of Psalm 119 has some reference to the word of God. And we saw this uh, truly lived out as we considered seven things that spoke, uh, that were words that were uh, speaking to God's word in some aspect. Uh, you know, as we think about the word of God, the, the word word, W-R-D, was used indicating God's spoken word. Uh, then we have another word that's used in relation to God's word, and that is law, uh, which was indicating direction or instruction. The third was judgments, uh, which indicated the establishing of a precedent. Uh, then we saw the word testimonies uh, come forth, uh, indicating a witness of conduct. Commandments was also used, indicating an authoritative command. And the last two was that of statutes, indicating enacted laws and precepts, indicating particular instructions. And so each one of these seven words were used to give us a, a different aspect, a different look as we took a, uh, uh, and considered uh, God's uh, word and the fact that there is something to be said in relation to the glory of that word. And I'm sure you won't remember uh, the quote that I read, but I'd like to read it to you again because I quoted from Spurgeon uh, because he had a, a beautiful introduction. And I want you to reflect on everything that we've learned, everything that we've considered uh, in Psalm 119, and look at it through the light of that as I read this quote that I started out with. It says, This wonderful psalm from its great length helps us to wonder at the immensity of Scripture. From its keeping to one subject, it helps us to adore the unity of Scripture, for it is but one. Yet from the many turns it gives to the same thought, it helps you to see the variety of Scripture. Some have said that it, in it there is an absence of variety, but that uh, is merely the observation of those who have not studied it. I have weighed each word and looked at each syllable with lengthened meditation, and I bear witness that this sacred song has no tautology or repetition in it, but is charmingly varied from beginning to end. Its variety is that of a kaleidoscope. From a few objects, a boundless variation is produced. In the kaleidoscope, you look once, and there is a strangely beautiful form. You shift the glass a very little, and another shape, equally delicate and beautiful, is before your eyes. 
so it is here. And I think as we've taken this last year to look at Psalm 119, that I, I believe, I know personally, I have seen that very thing happen. That as I meditated upon each of the phrases, as I saw each of these uh, variety of words used to describe God's word from the word to the law, to the judgments, to the testimonies, to the commandments, to the statutes, to the precepts, I watched as, as God taught me as in a, a kaleidoscope, a beautiful picture in each section to see something profound that uh, I had never saw before, even though reading Psalm 119 many times, never taking the time to fully study deeper into it. And so I'd like to, to close uh, out Psalm 119 by sharing with you the kaleidoscope of Psalm 119. As we consider each section, we began in verses 1 to 8 with walking in God's word, realizing the importance of God's word in everyday life, that we need to make it part of our everyday life as if we're walking from one point to another, realizing that this is just the beginning of what is yet to come. And in the second section in verses 9 to 16, we saw the purifying power of the word of God, that God's word will speak truth, that God's word will transform the sinful mind, the sinful actions, that it will do something profound uh, that because it is the very power of God to be able to purify that which is sinful in man. And then the third section in verses 17 through 24, we saw that God's word overcomes the obstacles of life. You know, one of the things that we, we consider the word of God is that some people will think that, well, the word of God doesn't speak to that or that, uh, you know, how could God possibly know my situation How could God possibly help me get beyond this? And we saw very quickly that God's word does have uh, the power also to overcome the obstacles of life, no matter what they are, no matter how big or small. And then the next section, uh, verses 25 to 32, we saw that God's word revives the soul. And see, the word of God and God himself are the only things that can do something to our eternal souls. And that is, as we look at the word of God, he revives our soul. He takes a soul that is you know, destined to uh, pay for the penalty of uh, their error against the holy God to have the, the Lord Jesus Christ be their all in all and revive their soul from being dead to making it alive and being prepared to experience eternal life. The next section, verses 33 through 40, God's word is our guide throughout life. You know, we have all kinds of different things that we use to be guides in our lives, whether it's the way we were brought up, whether it is uh, uh, structures that we've set in place, whether it's things that we said that we would never do that we saw others do. But the thing is, as we think about the Christian life, we cannot uh, you know, propose or to superimpose upon God how we should live the Christian life. Instead, we should see that God's word, which is eternal, the God who knows us, the God who can revive our souls, is the one who can guide us throughout this life and bring us into the next. Verses 41 through 48 spoke to the obedience uh, to the word of God, bringing freedom. Because the thing is, is when we obey God's word, when we make God's word part of who we are, when we don't disregard it or we don't suppress it in some way, we will find that it actually frees us because we're actually doing that for which we were created. 
to obey God, to have his word have its profound effect, because when we obey God, it frees us. Verses 49 to 56, God's word reassures. And we, we need to be reassured. We need to know without a shadow of a doubt that we belong to God. And that's why the Spirit lets us know that we belong to him. We need to be reassured that the decisions that we make uh, are ones that are good and beneficial, uh, not only for us, but in relation to our walk with God. See, the, God, the word of God and the God of that word can do things that can reassure each and every believer in ways they cannot possibly imagine. Verses 57 to 64, we learn that God and his word are my portion. So the thing is, is that we have to have a priority, if I can get the word out, on the word of God. We need to make sure that it is our portion, that just as we go to the refrigerator to get a portion of something to eat or a portion of something to drink, that we do not starve ourselves spiritually and make sure that we are taking portions of the word of God when we can get into the word of God that much more. And in verses 65 to 72, God deals with us according to his word. So there's not a separate standard that God, you know, deals with us because his word is eternal and his, uh, he need not change. He is perfect in all of his ways. And so he will use that word. He will use that law. He will use those judgments, those testimonies, those commandments, those statutes, those precepts to, uh, uh, uh deal with us according to, uh, his word. Then verses 73 to 80, uh, we are to hope in God's word uh, because there are things that are promises that God has given to us. There are things that we can take a look at in relation to the word of God that can give us hope uh, from salvation to those who believe, uh, but also for the hope that is yet to come to be able to have our faith be made sight to be in the presence of our Savior forever. And then verses 81 to 88, God's word comforts the exhausted soul. You know, there's going to be times in our lives when we're going through that valley of shadow of death that it speaks of in Psalm 23, where we find ourselves in those desert places where uh, we are thirsty uh, and, and we are trying to find something that is going to satisfy our souls so that we can have, as it were, new life breathed into us, into our existence. Uh, and that's something that only God's word can do. It can bring comfort to the exhausted soul. Verses 89 to 96, God's word is applicable to all generations. So throw out the idea that the, the Bible is an old book full of things that were pertinent when it was written, but not pertinent to today. Because it doesn't matter what generation that is in existence, whether past, current, or future, God's word is applicable. It has something to say. Verses 97 to 104, God's word is always sweet to my taste. See, the thing is, is those who have been redeemed, those who uh, have a deep abiding relationship with God, who are walking in his word, who are finding that his word is purifying them, uh, will have a, uh, a, a desire to consume the word of God because it's always sweet to our taste, whether it is something that we want to hear or something we don't want to hear. It's always sweet because we know our good God only does that which is good. Verses 105 to 112, God's word lights the way. See, God's word can show us where we need to go. 
unlike those things which, you know, people try to guess. Uh, people in this world have uh, mediums and people, psychics, to try and tell them how they should go, to try and guess at what the future is. But see, God's word lights the way. We, we can see where we need to go clearly when we're in the word of God. Verses 113 to 120, God's word holds me where I need to be. See, the word of God has a keeping power. It helps us to be able to, to stay where we need to be. So if we are in a point in our lives where we need that hope, that encouragement, uh, that uh, staying power, to be in that fortress, uh, that stronghold that the scriptures talk about, that is something that God's word can do. But God's word can also um, you know, prepare us for the battle that we're about to face, to, to hold us where we need to be when we have to stand on the truth when everyone else says that truth is a lie. Because they're believing their heart as opposed to believing the eternal God. Verses 121 to 128, uh, there should be a longing for God's word uh, to be fulfilled. Because we know that there are things in the word of God that have yet to be fulfilled. But we also know that there are things that have been promised, things that are have been written uh, that need to have their effect in maybe our lives or in the lives of those around us. And so we should long for God's word to be fulfilled because we know that will bring truth uh, and that will bring uh, the, the needed discipline and judgment into a fallen world. And then verses uh, 129 to 136, God's word is wonderful. Uh, there is nothing in this world that is wonderful other than the word of God. Wonderful words of life uh, is what we sing. And it's something that God can show us things that we could never possibly imagine. He can take us places that we never thought we could go. And in the, the, all that, trusting him and his word. In verses 137 to 144, God's word is righteous and true. So in other words, you don't need to guess, you don't need to wonder whether or not uh, what you're reading is the right thing to do or the truthful thing to do, because God's word is eternal, it is righteous and true. In verses 145 to 152, we, we saw the psalmist crying out to the God of the Bible. And there's times in our Christian walk where we need to cry out to God. There was a moment when each of us cried out to God uh, in, in relation to salvation as we trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. But as a, a pattern and habit of those who belong to God, there are going to be times when we need to cry out to God because we don't know what to do. We don't know which way to go. And only God and his word can give us uh, what we need when we need it. Verses 153 to 160, God's word is the source of my life. It speaks truth to everyday living. Verses 161 to 168, which we looked at a couple weeks ago, standing in all of God's word, A-W-E, because we need to see the power of the word of God. We need to see that it is the eternal God who desires a relationship with us through his son, Jesus Christ. It is his word that we are taking, and it is his word that we are reading, and we should always stand in all of that, because it is the creator reaching down to the created to have a relationship and finally, as we closed out in verses 169 to 176, God's word defines my existence. 
Church family, I hope that as we've done this study, as we've taken a look and, and, and dug deeper into Psalm 119, that you understand the importance of God's word defining your existence. That you would walk in the word of God realizing that there's purifying power there to overcome the obstacles of life. That only God can revive your soul and guide you throughout life. That when you obey the word of God, it brings you freedom and it reassures you that God is enough. That he is your portion. That he will always deal with you according to his word because he is true and eternal. That we should hope in it knowing that it will comfort the exhausted soul. That we do not need worry that it is not applicable to our generation because it is applicable to all generations. And the deeper we dive into it, the sweeter it will taste as it lights our way and holds us where we need to be. Knowing that the word of God and the God of that word is wonderful, righteous, and true. So take time to cry out to the God of the Bible. Knowing that he is the source of your life. And that you should stand in all of him at all times. Because he is the one who defines your existence. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful psalm. Uh, We thank you for the journey that we have walked through uh, over this last year. And Lord, I pray that each and every one that is listening today, as we close out Psalm 119, would see the importance of your word in their lives each and every day. Lord, thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in your word. Guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, church family, for this journey that we've gone on. And Lord, we look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday as we once again have the privilege of worshiping the one true God. So have a great Wednesday afternoon, and we'll see you Sunday.